The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kuule Agbayani, Alan, Mia, with you on this Aloha Friday. Oh. Man, made it through the week, the long week. Going to be a fun weekend. Going to be a packed show. I mean, like this morning, I'm like, I don't even know. There's so much stuff to cover and talk about. Do we want the good news first or do we want the bad news? Do we want to talk about the good stuff first? Or do we want to talk about the bad stuff and get our heart rates up a little bit on this Friday morning? Uh, we'll start with the good stuff, but the main uh Nugget, I guess we'll get into a little later. I know Alan's blood pressure is going to go up a little bit. Uh, this article released by the Civil Beat yesterday about how Governor Green is rejecting now the original development plan uh, says the estimated $400 million cost of a public private partnership is too high. So his administration will not move forward now with plans to develop a new Aloha Stadium and surrounding district via a public private partnership because a cost analysis indicated that such a model would put a heavy financial burden on the state. So we're back to square one, everybody. Oh, goodness. But like I said, I want to start with the good news first. We'll get into this. uh, I mean, not too long from now, but in just a little bit. Good news first. The full University of Hawaii schedule has been released. Because the Mountain West schedule has been completed, so therefore you could plop in all the dates. Because usually, as we're aware, these schools will set their non-conference schedule pretty far in advance, and we knew a lot of the non-conference games. But the Mountain West conference games have been scheduled out, and I think a lot of it actually, because it came out about a week later than it did last year. I think part of that was because of the Hawaii at UNLV game and maybe a lot of the UNLV games that were happening around that F1 uh, period where it's like that week of, I believe it's the Saturday, November 18th is when F1 in Las Vegas would happen. But, I mean, they're going to be building everything out like two weeks in advance and the prices are insane. So, fortunately, uh, I think I talked about this, what, a week or a week and a half ago that, man, my little birdie friends have been like, they're batting like... 100 right now <laughs> they my little birdie friend was was right where the Hawaii at UNLV game will be now not in November like it usually is but it will be on September 30th so you're planning to go that's when you have to book September 30th but also don't forget where I'm going to try to make that happen and <laughs> hopefully be able to go to Oregon they play at Oregon on September 16th. Again, that game we are, or that date we already knew, but the UNLV game will be at UNLV on September 30th, and that will be the first game to open up the Mountain West Conference schedule. So, just a kind of a recap in general of the Mountain West schedule. This is the first schedule since 2012 not to feature divisions. You know, as we've been used to, there's the Mountain Division and the West Division, and the top teams in the two divisions play each other. But as announced last May by the former commissioner Craig Thompson, this is a this is part of a three year schedule rotation where within conference play each institution will face two opponents annually Hawaii will play UNLV and San Diego State as its annual two opponents and six other teams on an alternating basis throughout the cycle 
all institutions will play each other at least twice, including once at home and once on the road. But and UH has again, this one was already out. UH opens the season in week week zero at Vanderbilt. Again, we got smashed last season to open the season 63 to 10 uh and they first and some of the other non-conference games on here hawaii's first home game is against stanford is when we open the season or open our home slate the first and last time hawaii played stanford december 2nd 1972 which we lost 39 to 7 here at home. But it's been a while. We've never played Albany, who is also on the non-conference schedule. They're an FCS school. We play here on September 9th. Uh, they are FCS, again, of the Colonial Athletic Association. Last season, they were 3-8, and 2-6 and six in conference. And they actually had a pretty big game to open their season last year, a 69-10 to 10 loss at Baylor. Uh, UH... Again, we go back to the following that game is when the UH flies over to Oregon on September 16th. Then Hawaii is actually 3-1 and one overall versus Oregon. Their last matchup uh, was a home game on September 10th in 1994, where we won 36-16. to 16, Also won 24-21 to 21 at Oregon in 1992. So I think it's kind of like a surprising, considering how far Oregon has come especially after Marcus Mariota and how competitive they continue to be. It's it's hard to imagine that overall Hawaii is 3-1 and one against Oregon. But it, it's been a while. 1994 is not too long ago. But And then wrapping up their non-conference schedule before they play at UNLV is New Mexico State, which is normally, I don't want to say an opponent is never really easy, but last year... <sighs> Hawaii was undefeated against New Mexico State, and last year was the first time they lost. So there are they are ten and one overall against the Aggies, and their first and only loss was last season, forty five to twenty six in Las Cruces. So hopefully that doesn't continue to happen. That was just a one off. Everyone has to lose sometime. They do play them over here, so it's hosting New Mexico State uh, at UNLV October fourteenth. They will oops, October fourteenth. They will play versus San Diego State here and then go away at New Mexico October 28th. They're hosting San Jose State and then November 4th going away to Nevada. So still going to Nevada in November, just not against UNLV. Hosting Air Force here November 11th and then going to Wyoming November 18th and then capping off the season against Colorado State here. So it's nice to be able to end the season over here. In Hawaii, by the way, that Stanford game is actually on September 1st, so it's a, a Friday. So it doesn't it doesn't fall on, you know, the greatest day of the year. Oh, get it off for once on the Saturday. So on that Stanford day again, September 1st. Looking across the conference, some of the other teams opening up in week zero. You have San Jose State actually opening up against our team here at the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, USC, and San Diego State is opening at home against Ohio. So that's going to be some tough opening games for San Jose State and Hawaii. Again, both are away. San Jose State going and playing at USC. 
who, if they continue the momentum from last season and shore up their defense a bit more, they're going to be very, very tough. And San Jose State also plays, following that USD game, they play on September 3rd against Oregon State, then Cal Poly. So some of the other big games at these non-conference schedules for some of these teams. Nevada also plays at USC. Uh, You have Boise State opening their season in week one at Washington or UW and then at home against UCF. UNLV, they get their their game against Michigan now playing at the big house. Uh, Some of these other ones on here, Kansas, who is actually doing pretty not too bad. Nevada's going to host Kansas and uh, the Vandals as well. So it's a pretty, pretty full but fun slate. Again, it's going to be fun in Las Vegas for everyone to come in September 30th. But hopefully it's not going to be as expensive as it is next week. Again, I still got to book my flight to the Big West uh, Conference Tournament for men's and women's basketball also pack 12 tournament going on and mountain west tournament going on so it's a pretty eventful slate in las vegas but nonetheless now everybody knows where it's coming from uh but the full schedule is available at hawaiiathletics.com and actually hawaii does also wrap up their spring practices today our paul brecht i know is out there for the final practice and we can have Uh, Some of the recaps coming up a little later, but a lot to look forward to. Again, if you guys want to start booking your flights, you know where I'll be. But so Hawaii opens at Vanderbilt August 26th and then hosting Stanford on Friday. Again, Friday is the first home game for Hawaii. Hopefully um, all goes well with the on-campus stadium as they're supposed to expand the seats. Now that practice is ending for the UH football team, it's supposed to they're supposed to go into construction mode, expanding the stadium, and hopefully it'll be ready by Friday, September 1st against Stanford. <laughs> but um, depend, dis, you know, considering how it's going, with the other Aloha Stadium. Um, but I feel like my faith is more on UH at this point, which is kind of weird. It's kind of weird to say that because they're both essentially, in a sense, the same. I mean, different management, obviously, but they're all under the same umbrella. They're all state entities. And like the fact that we can't figure something out and everything's a disconnect. I mean, at this point, it's not like it's a surprise, but at the same time, it's kind of a surprise and it's very, very annoying. (laughs) I deal with this, Um, seeing this article from the Civil Beat again. (laughs) So everything's going on and hopefully we'll have some kind of stadium to play in as we get excited for the University of Hawaii football season. It can't come here soon enough, even though we still got to get over, like, get through a lot of the stuff with the NFL as we talked about yesterday the NFL combine going on maybe we'll get to it a little bit later to end the show give you some of the numbers on how one of our uh, local prospect or local talents did in that but yeah it's been pretty fun (laughs) um looking at so going to the new Aloha Stadium thing just real quick as we have like a minute but so as I mentioned to open the show, now we get into, so that was the good news that we just did with the football schedule coming out. Now we can all plan and get really, really excited about University of Hawaii football coming up in the fall. Woo! And book our trips to Las Vegas, September 30th at UNLV. 
your team over here at Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We will likely be there for that week doing our shows over there, probably from the Circa, having a good time, hopefully by the pool now that it'll still kind of be the tail end of pool season and not too cold. So we'll be out by the pool in a cabana, having a good old time doing the shows. Um, but now we got to look ahead at this new little stadium. Again, this is an article released yesterday by the Civil Beat, kind of like a huge bomb that dropped whenever I saw it come across my Twitter feed about Governor Josh Green saying that his administration will not move forward with plans to develop a new Aloha Stadium and surrounding district via a public-private partnership because a cost analysis indicated that such a model would put a heavy financial burden on the state. The result would be a smaller stadium that the one than the one with 35,000 seats that's currently projected. Development of the parking lot surrounding the stadium site also would be pushed out to a much later date. So we're going to dive into that next when we come back on Wake Up in the Den. Ooh, baby, I love you way every day, yeah, yeah. Ooh, baby, I love you way every day. good song to come back from break because reading through this again with the Honolulu Civil Beat article and Governor Josh Green and his administration wanting to go away from the public-private partnership. I tell you what, you guys, I seriously cannot handle this emotional roller coaster. Like, I just, it, it, that's what it feels like to me right now when it comes to this stadium. It's like, it's one thing and then it's another thing. And I feel like there's all these different sides. I mean, you have the government and then you have Senator Glenn Wakai going all which way. But I honestly feel like it's one of those things. It's like there's two sides to every story and like somewhere in the middle is the actual truth and probably the best decision for everybody. And everyone's just going there which way. So just to recap a little bit more about this article uh, with going away from the public-private partnership and some of the other things that Governor Dr. Josh Green had said. So an analysis by Goldman Sachs the state's financial consultant on the stadium, indicated that taxpayers could be on the hook for an additional $400 million if the state pursues the so-called P3 model. Lawmakers already have set aside, as we've talked about before, the $350 million for the stadium project and are reluctant to spend much more than that anytime soon. So the cost, uh, this is a quote by Josh Green, quote, the cost of our money as we contributed to private developers would be too high, which is what he said in that interview with the Civil Beat. It's just too large. So the original 50,000 seat stadium at Aloha Stadium that we've all got a chance to say goodbye to last week, built in 1975, hosted all the amazing concerts on top of, of course, our University of Hawaii football team. But it was deemed unsafe in 2020. And if you were able to go to that Aloha Stadium event and kind of peek over to the orange section, because I know a friend that I was with, too, that's like the first thing he did is when he looked over when we were on the field and he kind of looked over to the orange seats and he's like, oh, yeah. That does seem like why it's unsafe because it's just all rusted. There's pukas of rust everywhere in the orange section. And so it just cannot hold those large events. And it was just at some point, you know, they were trying to 
make it better, do some small renovations. But after a while, it's just it's either going to cost too much money to really upkeep and make it better where you can just tear it down and build a new one. So <laughs> all of these disputes to, to build the new stadium in Halava obviously are all over, has to deal with funding as well as the affordable housing in the area. <laughs> so under the P3 model, the state would contract with entities to build a new stadium and operate it into the future. Uh, remember when Governor or former Governor Ige tried to almost push that responsibility on to the University of Hawaii and President Lastner essentially said, nope, which is a smart move. Like, nope, we're sticking to our original plan and expanding the seats at Manoa and you guys figure out what you want to do with the new stadium because for good reason obviously it's still not even figured out yet uh, the private entities would put up some money of their own in addition to state funds to construct the stadium and in return receive a share of profits from the stadium's future revenues and availability payments from the state or some other forms of compensation Obviously, the most infamous example of public-private partnership is the rail project, <laughs> which has overrun, had the cost overruns, and uh, House Speaker Scott Psyche said he wanted to avoid a similar situation happening with the stadium development. Biggest difference, though, is obviously the rail project is more of a city, is a city thing, city and county of Honolulu, and then the stadium would be a state type of entity. But nonetheless, of course, that's what we're all worried about because the rail is still not functioning for the public yet. Uh, so now Governor Green proposed a construction method by which the state hires a project team to design and build the stadium before operating and managing it. He said he's cutting out the arrangements to share costs of developing the stadium with a private entity, but the management entity would still keep much of the revenue from the new stadium. As we mentioned before, Former Governor Ige had put the halt to the state's public-private partnership shortly before leaving office and also wanted to pursue a design-build model. So we're just going back to what it was before. And I think that's where, it, like I said, it's just like this emotional roller coaster because it was, all right, let's go in this direction, P, you know, the P3 model, which I was like, yeah, if you bring in private a private entity, they're going to want to get it built Quickly, especially if they get if they, you telling them they get a share of the revenues of future events. Obviously, they're a private business. They want to make money. The first thing they want to do is make money. You can't start making money until the stadium is built. So that's kind of like the easiest way I can explain why I was for the private public partnership. Um, and then we were going that way. And then Governor Ige said, we're going this way. And then Josh Green took office and said, OK, we're going back this way to the P3 model. And then now. He's saying, okay, we're going, Governor Ige, I agreed with him, so now we're going to go back that way. <laughs> so, Governor Green said he and Financial Director Louis Salaveria couldn't accept the potential for cost overruns, which I get. Again, we look at the, the rail project and it's just annoying to see it there. You see the actual rail running, but it is still not even in technically in operation for the public. Senator Glenn Wakai, who we know has been very vocal about everything Aloha Stadium, has been a proponent as well in redeveloping under the P3 model and was disappointed by Green's decision. 
He believes the $350 million estate set aside could only buy a stadium with about 20,000 seats, and he's worried that without the private investment, the state would need to appropriate more funds for a bigger stadium. <laughs> you guys, I just, like... <laughs> It's all it, it's to those boys. I'm like one of those people where, where sometimes when you just get uncomfortable or you just get so mad, like I just laugh because like like I said right now, it's just like this emotional roller coaster of going back and forth. And I and and, and here I am. Now you're just making me lose a bet to Alan because I, you know what, two weeks ago, I was like, no, Alan, we're going to build it in time. It's going to get done in the four years that he says. And Alan, of course, was <laughs> being the more realist that he is was like no it's not i'm like no i I believe and this comes out and now look at making me lose this bet to alan because now i'm jumping it was a bet i wanted to lose like like that's the problem like i i took a bet because i think it's easy money to expect the the (laughs) the state wouldn't get this done in time um probably by 2030 is what i said um but but the thing is, it's a bet I wanted to lose because I wanted to be proven wrong. But guess what? You keep electing the same people in office, you get the same results day in, day out. And that's that's the that's where we sit today. I'm not making it political. I'm just speaking the truth here. It, I, I kind of always felt like and, and you got to be honest with yourself, too. Like. Are you seriously saying you guys couldn't honestly see this coming down the path, going like they would make some headway, make it look like they're moving and advancing forward and then. Yeah, you know what? Maybe not. Because now what are we doing? We're all it, it becomes forefront of political talk, political, you know, uh, staturing. And and again, I know he just got elected, but it, it's for the next phase. It's like you said, which I didn't believe at first, but now I'm starting to begin it. It's it's because it's it's becoming a political pawn, this this stadium and, and the ones being victimized. And I hate using that word, but the ones being being, I guess, used are the fans of UH football. The fans of an entertainment district, you, and 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 those that want to see something good happen in this state with a facility that can be used for multi-purposes, whether it be soccer, whether it be professional sports, whether it be for UH football, concerts. Concerts. Bring back the concerts. Concerts. I I just uh, I don't know. And that's the thing, right? Like, like, like you just said, we are the ones that are getting We're getting shafted. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Because these guys in office just shaft me every year. Well, that's the thing, too, right? It's like they're talking about like Governor Green is talking about, oh, it's going to cost blah, blah, blah. If we go this direction and and don't get me wrong. I mean, yes, we, we have to be cautious about our budgeting and everything like that. But at the same time, planning for the stadium has already cost taxpayers about twenty five million dollars. So it's already costing us money to start planning this. Taxpayers, that's us. That's all of us. We're paying for them to essentially do nothing except for plan. Yeah, <laughs> so like you, now you're going you, back yeah. and you're going to cost more money in only the planning stages when, hey, yeah, you're going to overrun the cost. And I don't want to just push it aside because obviously we see what happened with the rail. But I'd rather like at least be doing something than just air quote planning you're just planning and you're spending our money planning and going back to another plan and then planning another plan and you're not even doing anything and you're still costing us money we're planning to have a plan to say the original plan (laughs) did not work so we need to have another plan to schedule another meeting for another plan that will not work and and that's what we're doing we're having a meeting to schedule a meeting to schedule another meeting and 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 
I would not have had a problem if, if Josh Green came out right from the get-go, even after being elected office, and was like, you know what? We're going to reevaluate this because now that I'm in office, I want to take a closer look at it. I'd have been like, you know what? I understand that you're in office. But you came in swinging for the fences. We're proceeding forward. We're going back to the original plan. We are telly ho Exactly. And then just to have this happen. You said it to get everybody on your side just already knowing that this was not going to be the case. And remember, you and I, when this first all started this process, you and I both said, that, that amount of money doesn't really seem realistic, well, especially for us here in but the But, I mean, that's the thing. But, like, but if you it, were going to build enough, it in three to four years, like, okay, you been. might overrun a little bit, but you push it, you try to push it past that. Yeah, you're going to overrun costs because things are going to get more expensive and everything in Hawaii gets more expensive a lot quicker than in the mainland, obviously. But <laughs> it's like... You want to know, you want to real quickly, you want to know why we're already at this point? Because the cost overrun of how long we've been discussing this, this plan and this amount of money for like a year and a half already. That's why. And we haven't even started That's one why. thing about it. That's why we're already past, you know, the amount granted of 350. The three, well, granted, the 350 got only approved not too long ago. No, but. I understand. But I'm just saying we're sitting on this project year in, year out. Should have been done. 2020, once we knew it was it was condemned. Get it done already. No, but then there was the COVID situation. You know, that pandemic Which would have been the going perfect on. time to build it. <laughs> Yeah, but then nobody was working, and That's nobody not my had fault. <laughs> so I, won't I was say, working. <laughs> I won't say it should have been on twenty twenty time, but or you could have been using the pandemic because hey, look, Zoom, you can do your planning and Thank all you. the planning at least because you can't like the construction. Not like thing you can go anywhere. Little, yeah, you can plan. Thank you. Sit in your room and plan. Sit in your home office <laughs> with your Zoom. boxers on and a, and a white t shirt. And have a meeting with each other. I don't care. But do something rather than sit on your butts and then just string along the taxpayers. Yeah. And and so this is the thing, right? It's more of doing, like I said. It's it's a, it's looking at this and saying that it's costing us the 20... We're already spent the $25 million of our taxpayer money just working on project documents. So not even building the stadium. And Senator Wakai said the 350 the state set aside could only build a stadium with about 20,000 seats. You know what? At this That's point, all we need. I know. At this point, I know a lot of people will be upset because they're like, I know there were a lot of people that were upset to go from 50 to 35. I thought the 35 was perfect. And you know what? Going down 15,000 less as well. Do I want 35? I think that's the good sweet spot if you want to host, again, the big concerts and everything. But you know what? At this point, if you're going to just give build a 20,000 seat stadium which i believe Josh Green has actually said before where he was looking at 20,000 not only for the money but i think the whole sewer situation that's going on oh, in halaba oh, so the sewage on. thing and but then he was saying something about like 20,000 but with the ability to expand so i'm like you know what i'm all for that 20,000 as long as but, you hire the right construction project people that will be able to expand out of that 20,000 when need be or when you make back your return on investment or whatnot but just start building the tank thing that's the whole thing when you point out to me that it's already costing us just to work on project documents just to push papers just to sign papers just to look at papers just to read papers 25 million dollars thank you very much taxpayers let me put this away for just pushing papers Ugh. So the current plan, which Green is mostly ditching, was for development of the site on two simultaneous tracks. So construction of the stadium and development of the surrounding entertainment district 
which of course is now the empty stadium parking lot. He wants to conduct development in the two phases. The first phase, the state will spend the $350 million already appropriated for the construction of the new stadium, then pursue the development of the entertainment district and still wants to see the area used for housing units, which is another part of it that makes me mad because I'm like, that's another thing where, Alan, you always talk about like, we already knew the state, the current stadium or old stadium was going to poop. So why didn't you start planning like 10 years ago? My whole thing, that's how I feel about the housing units. I'm like, why are you only now, now that you're like, oh, look at this empty piece of land. And even though for how long we've been talking about a housing crisis and how multiple residents and native Hawaiians especially have to be forced to move away because they can't afford it here. And so you're only putting off your housing units when you should have been already working on this. And this shouldn't have been the end all be all for affordable housing because you already should have been doing affordable housing stuff and addressing the problem. And it's just so that third piece. And again, if that to me, if that is your you're so stuck on it. Again, hey, we we sh- we do need a focus on affordable housing. Yes. But if you're going to hurt again, a lot of the residents that want to see our football team in an actual stadium and not just on campus. Hey, if they can buy build a real stadium on campus, I'd be all for it being on campus, but the makeshift that we have here is not a college football atmosphere that you you want and going into a stadium. And you we- should have a football atmosphere here because we're the last game of the night. Yeah. All eyes can be on Hawaii. All the degenerates. But but we no, love you all. But, but no one wants to watch Hawaii football on TV because it looks it looks pitiful. It looks empty. It doesn't look entertaining. I mean, outside the product. But when you see the stands and everything, you see an empty. As a spectator, even on TV, you're just kind of going like you kind of get in that mindset. Yeah, like, but Bleh. it was empty in the real stadium too. So. No, I get that. <laughs> but that's why I'm saying there there is no college football atmosphere, and there should be when it comes. But a new stadium will help towards that. Being closer to campus, I think, will help towards that. But more importantly, it's, it's. I hate making it political, but that's where this whole thing goes. And it's, it's we just keep electing the same people. And if you haven't figured out the reasoning, you'll never figure it out, and you will be in this cycle always. I have to disagree with you on that because I think, like I said, I'm 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 in the middle. I have been no political party affiliation whatsoever because I believe. There's a bunch of politicians on all which way, up, down, right, left, upside down, blue, red, purple, yellow, rainbow. There's a lot of, ugh. I just wish we could scrap the entire party situation and be like, hey, how about we all work together? What a concept, instead of pointing fingers at each other. But that's a whole other discussion. Uh, anyways, we'll continue this and more football talk next on Wake Up in the Den. Trying to bring down Happy Aloha Friday. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule, Agbayani, Alan, Mia. Uh, mahalo for listening this and every weekday morning here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network as we are trying to cool off from our previous discussion because it's just going to, again, it's an emotional roller coaster. Like, I don't, I mean, ah. <laughs> uh. I was single for a very long time because I was tired of going through all these emotions like in the dating world. And that's what I feel like right now. Hey, I I love you. No, no, I'm going to break up with you. Hey, we're going on a break. 
I, I want you back. You're you're the most beautiful person to me. Oh wait, just kidding. Um, I can't I can't be in a serious serious relationship right now. Maybe we should see other people. Come this re- is what this feels like. Kind of relationships did you have? <laughs> Come on. Oh my gosh. I feel you. It, and it, you know, but that's what it feels it, no, like. No, you know, you're right. Like, oh, it's a- we we're gonna get a new stadium. Okay. And then we made peace with saying goodbye to the old stadium last week. And like, all right, we can all we had our last goodbye. We can all move on and look to the future. And then boom. Just kidding. We still don't know what we're going to do at Halava. So all of you guys have to wait because another request for proposals will go out <laughs> in the new, near future under the new direction for constructing the stadium, which is what Governor Green said, that will include the demolition of the old Aloha Stadium and construction of the new stadium, uh, which, you know, the new stadium now is going to be modest with its 20,000 seats. But... You know, just continue to take our taxpayer dollars, $25 million just to push paper so far. All right. Like I, I said, emotional roller coaster. I just think, though, the, the only hindrance, I mean, I think a 20,000 seat stadium is perfect because I, I still even think at the end of the day, unless UH is going like undefeated, they're not filling up that stadium as well. It's just it's the way it's been, especially if you're in Halava. And I think it's only because you're in Halava. And, and that's no offense to Halava. It's just... When you think about football, you want the students to all come out in droves. But when it's in Halava, they'd, they'd rather be like, oh, we can just go down to the bar down the street and watch it there or at a friend's house. And we can just have a get together there and not worry about anything. And But it's, it takes away that college atmosphere when they got to travel to Halava. It's like UCLA. You and I talk about it all the time. UCLA is really good. It's a fun game to watch. It's empty always at the Rose Bowl because kid, students don't want to, even though it's a short trip from Westwood to to Pasadena, it, people don't want to make that trip regardless. Well, the crazy thing, though, in UCLA is like, yeah, they were actually good. Because to me, when, obviously, winning solves everything. So when we win, people show up. When we lose, I can it's just seared into my memory during the Norm Chow era, like working at the other station and w- us still having to be there, setting up a tailgate. And you're like... Wow. Like, why you are can we drive, here? You yeah. can drive like diagonally diagonally through the parking lot is because it was so empty. And then you look at the stands and you have like pockets of like people in the orange. And so either way, like even so the students will show up if it's a winning program. I mean, this it, the, it was on campus last year and the, some days the student section was empty. But if you win, you're going to win. product of who they're but playing But I still too, feel like too, as like adults... You want to go to a legit stadium where you have like it feels like a solid structure. You have legitimate bathrooms. I brought that up a lot this past season. And there were some comments, especially for our ADA friends, where it's like, man, getting to the bathroom is like impossible for them at this makeshift makeshift stadium that's at on campus right now. And for me, I've always been vocal about like, especially for women, like you know, we have to, for the most part, sit down every time. And, like, you go in there and you're like, this is gross. Uh, where I'm like, hey, they should make, dis- like, distinct porta potties at the very least for women only and ADA only. Because, like, men, you got an easy time when you got to go to the bathroom. But it gets really dirty when you have to share with the, <laughs> the boys. Sorry, but it does. But the, so stuff like that. Like, as a fan and you're paying a ticket to go into there, you you 
part of the reason of going to games because at the end of the day, you're right. Like college students, you can watch it or adults, you can watch it at the bar in the comfort of your own home. The game is better viewed at home and on TV. And then you can hear the commentary by Kanolehi and Rich Miano on Spectrum. You know, it's a lot more comfortable. It's a lot more affordable to just stay home. Part of the reason why, especially myself, I go to a lot of games. I love to go to sporting events. You go for the atmosphere. You go to be in a stadium. You go because not only for it to be full, but you go because there's different types of food. But you want to feel like you're in a legit stadium and you're not going to a high school gym type of feel where, I mean, even the high schools have better, (laughs) it's like a better stadium than what we have on campus. So at the end of the day, that's why I'm like the 20,000 seats, whether it's filled or not, part of it is just going so that you can feel like you're in an actual stadium because going over to a low stadium this past week, like, yeah, you're like, man, this is a different vibe when you walk in than going on to Manoa. And and again, credit to UH for doing what they did on such short time trying to build it. So I'm not, I'm not, this is no way a knock on the University of Hawaii because they they did and they're doing what they can do to at least be somewhat relevant and have a home for the team to play in. So this is not, and I don't want anyone to get it twisted that this is a knock on UH. It's just, if you're, if I take myself out of being media and I think about just the fan experience, 20,000 and a legit stadium to me, like how you said, Alec, it's, it's good enough. And like I said, nothing to do with necessarily the, for the TV aspect and filling the thing, but just if I'm paying that ticket price, I want to be comfortable. I want to go into a legit restroom. I want to go to like uh, just have well, again if it's still going to be Sodexo then it's not the same but you know but you want to get the garlic fries and go to your your cert and have like your legit comfortable season tickets there's all these things that go into feeling like you're in a real solidly built stadium which is why I'm like 20,000 you know what if it's just going to get built quicker and there's there's I'll room t- to expand like I'm all for it because it's just a different experience walking into a legit structure as a stadium than what we have currently and what we will continue to have currently on campus should do like a 20,000 seat horseshoe type open air on the back end so you can like overlook Pearl Harbor that'd be pretty sick but really if if if, if going down to 20,000 means more of a state-of-the-art type stadium because it's less seating or so just less, for it to get built no yeah no well that I get that Right. That's yeah. That's always the main thing. Just get built. But if if going down from thirty five thousand to twenty thousand makes you have a little bit more bells and whistles within that stadium, I'm all for it. Because you want to make it. If you're even if it's twenty thousand, you want to make sure you have a reason to sell out the twenty thousand. So make it state of the art. If you draw, if that means you have to draw back some of the. Why have a thirty five thousand seat bare minimum stadium when you can have a twenty thousand seat, a little bit more bells and whistles, make it a little bit more fun and actually attractive to come to a game, even if you're not a fan of the product on the field. Now, uh, I say that because I think they're on the, the, the you know, the build, they're building something special there, but it's just not there yet, especially this year with that non-conference schedule. Good Lord. <laughs> but but I think I think it may it's it, 20,000 is probably in our sweet spot. I really do believe so. You might not get big concerts anymore just because, you know, they're looking for that return of value. So you're going to need at least 35 plus for, for some of the big names, but you'll get some good talent out here, some good acts. And and I think it's just it's 
it'd be pretty darn cool to have a really nice stadium sooner rather than later because I, I think the value comes back tenfold if you do it the right way, but you get it done quickly. Yeah. And again, I know there's a lot of listeners that are like, stop talking about a small stadium. We can't go down to 20. And I get it. Like I said, my my ideal size is 35,000. Like to me, I think that's great. 35,000 is a sweet spot. But if you're telling me that we have to wait another like over five years to wait for 35000 where you're going to guarantee that my taxpayer dollars won't continue to go through pushing papers um, as it's already at $25 million. <laughs> And you can build a 20,000-seat stadium within, like, the four years or less. I'm willing to kind of swallow that pill on, you know what, I'll take 20000 over the if, – if it means it'll get done sooner and – yeah, it's probably not like a popular opinion, but at this point, I just I miss going into a legit stadium, a legit club level type of section. Um, it's just it's just just a different feeling as a fan, especially when you go to other stadiums all the time and you're like, how is this? Like even the worst college teams have like or even FCS schools have legit stadiums and better stadiums than us. And that's that's kind of what it comes down to wasting the taxpayer dollars and like, just let's get it built. All right. Whew. Going to step aside. When we come back, we will talk about all the good stuff, though, that is Rainbow Warrior and Rainbow Wahine basketball on Wake Up in the Den. Again, using this to bring down the... Oh, the fiery side that we had for like the last two segments talking about the Lua Stadium. Oh. Welcome back, guys. Wake up in the den. Ku'ule Agbayani Alan Mia on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM760 and Hawaii Sports Radio.com. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow we have HPU Softball. Hopefully. I'm not sure how this weather is holding up today and tomorrow, but. We will be out on the windward side at Howard A. Okita Softball Field, Kyle Galdera and Alamia, bringing you the play-by-play action in our double header as the Sharks take on Concordia Irvine. Uh, first game is at noon, so we'll jump on air just around like 10 till, around the 11.50. The guys will, will jump on and talk some HPU softball. So mahalo as always to Hawaii Pacific Health and Kapili Solar Roofing and Painting and Pioneer Electric and battery bill for supporting our broadcasts and our coverage of HPU Sharks Athletics. All right, going over to the University of Hawaii, a couple of big games, both the men's and women's teams getting huge wins over CSUN, the Rainbow Wahine beating CSUN 66 to 58, and the men 81 to 55. And when you look at that final score, you would kind of almost be... A little shocked considering that the game was tied 33-33 at half. And then in the second half, they were kind of having their glimmers of like pulling away. They would go on like 11-0 runs and then CSUN would like cut into it. And of course, I'm watching like, all right, here we go again. Is how we going to blow this lead? Luckily, they did not. And they beat CSUN 81-55. to And I believe... Um, it was like their largest margin of victory on the road for Hawaii. So this team is kind of figuring it out, especially to seeing Noel Coleman get a couple of his shots 
going starting to fall because if Noel and the broadcasters actually were saying it on ESPN Plus yesterday that if Noel Coleman can start to get going because we've seen Jovan McClanahan is really coming into his own. He put up 18 points. Kamaka Hepa with 17 points. More sec. 13 points. I mean, more sec is showing up and showing out too. He, I feel like he's kind of like the fan favorite at this point, but all of them are kind of really gelling together and they really like play well. A lot of their turnovers, because I've been very vocal about the fact that they weren't taking care of the ball, especially in the beginning of the season, but just the way that their ball movement is and some of their, their turnovers or close turnovers have been just their movement and their passing and it's very unselfish ball that this team plays and it's really really fun to watch and now like the fact that they're figuring out how to sink shots maybe it's a good thing (laughs) how Allen would always bring up like how come we can't make shots when we're at home though so maybe it's a good thing that hey you know we're playing obviously on the road in Henderson for the tournament next week and it'll be interesting to see but when you look at the standings oh it's another close one too like where UC Santa Barbara once again looked like they were going to lose and it would have made things even more interesting on Saturday, which it could still get pretty interesting. So like you have the four teams at the top, UC Santa Barbara at 14 and five, but you have Irvine, Riverside and Hawaii at 13 and five. Well, Hawaii's at 13 and six, but it's going to still be an eventful game tomorrow. Um, I saw something come across on Twitter on Barstool Sports, though, uh, with the UC Irvine and Riverside game that game was getting kind of feisty I was watching the ending of that game and there was a lot of chirping we saw was it Riverside that got into the fight too that was Santa Barbara wasn't it but was it against Riverside I think Irvine Oh, okay. so it's Irvine that's the common denominator so they were getting feisty apparently um one of the players from UC Irvine told one of the Riverside players that he subscribed to his sister's OnlyFans Oh, no. <laughs> Dude, Irvine, oh, this no. team, they are like the worst. Like, like, okay, all right, I'm going to say, no offense, people, you go to UCI, stop talking trash like that. <laughs> well, one of their, like, best players actually was recruited, I believe, oh, I just saw by right here. Magpile uh, from Riverside, and then he chose, like, one of the hometown products in California, and then chose to go to Irvine, and... Yeah, it was just, <laughs> see, I told you. Oh, I just saw the video. So. <laughs> oh, man. I'm telling you, this is crazy. Like, why, what is up with this year? So, I mean, next week is going to be wild, you guys. Depending on how the the standings, like, end up after tomorrow and where everyone gets seated, it is going to be very, very intense at the Dollar Loan Center when it comes to the men's tournament because, and actually our good friend Ben said it the same because the Big West Conference, um, I guess, tagline is only the bold. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's going to get wild at the tournament. <laughs> Again, depending on how everything gets seeded, Hawaii hopefully, you know, doesn't. I feel like we are a product of the coaches and the coaching staff. And clearly, as we always talk about, our favorite guy, Russ Turner, is the head coach at Irvine. And this is why you can't have nice things because you allow your players to do this kind of stuff and you're the common denominator in kind of these scuffles okay. that happen. I, I don't, where the UH, I think, is a little more... I don't know what's more funny about this video. The fact that what he said or the fact that someone at the scores table is videoing this. <laughs> <laughs> really professional, right? <laughs> one, 
I, I, I do believe the game's at UCR. I mean, on yeah, at it's UCI. at Riverside. It, it's at Riverside. Yeah. How come Riverside's wearing their darks? Then? Oh, oh, maybe. But why is it blue? Why is the color blue? Yeah, no. So they are at home, oh. but they're wearing dark blue, which is weird to begin with. I, I again, I don't know what's more funny, the video or the, the the big guy just trying to stand there with his hands up, like he's trying to like protect, like block everybody, or the fact that someone's at the score table behind the the fourth official. Uh, videotaping this <laughs> and then send it off to Barcelona Sports. <laughs> no, they were at Riverside. Uh, yeah, it was at home at Riverside. But yeah, I don't know. If you guys want it, it's on social media. It's kind of crazy. But like I said, it'll only bring it to be crazier um, next week when we come to the tournament time. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Again, this is why you can't have nice things. So both men's and women's teams for University of Hawaii basketball are sitting at kind of like that fourth spot right now. Uh, it's Hawaii at 12, or the Rainbow Wahine at 12 and 7. And they're, they're situated behind UC Santa Barbara, who is also 12 and 7. And then there's really no way for us to catch up to the other top two teams, Irvine at 15 and 2, and Long Beach State clearly far ahead at 17 and 2. Pretty think it's safe to say they're going to get the number one seed on the women's tournament but again the men's side as it's been all season is still relatively close and it'll be a fun time in vegas especially if we get um this uci the team that shows up jeez these guys are funny <laughs> but the fact that they were in two scuffles with santa barbara gotta, and then with riverside now i gotta see who number 15 is it's like their center i think Anyways, the, the, hope you guys have a great weekend. For Alan Mia, I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye.